Hi, everybody. This is Jeannie Faulkner, and you are listening to Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting, the podcast, where we talk it out about pregnancy, parenting, healthcare, feminism, politics, culture, and then some. I'm the author of Common Sense Pregnancy, the book, and that's where this big conversation of ours started. If you don't already have a copy, go pick one up or order one on my website, jeanfogner.com. If you get it over there, I'll inscribe it and send it out on its way as fast as Amazon. Of course, you can also order it on Amazon and Target and all the dot-com bookstores, and it's probably on the shelf in your local bookstore too. So what a week. Did you guys watch the Golden Globes? Did you see Oprah's speech? Did you hear Natalie Portman and Deborah Messing call out the blatant sexism they saw on the red carpet and in the award nominations themselves? Did you hear the message that all those women were sending out to the world? Time's up on the pervasive sexism, abuse, harassment, and gender-based violence that's rampant in every industry, every country, and has been for all time. It's time to change history. And instead of women being the backstory, the side story, the supporting characters, or simply part of the story context, we are the story, finally. I loved Elizabeth Moss's acceptance speech for Best Actress in a TV Drama Series. She read Margaret Atwood's quote, We were the people who were not in the papers. We lived in the blank white spaces at the edges of print. It gave us more freedom. We lived in the gaps between the stories. Then Elizabeth Moss raised her award and said, Margaret Atwood, this is for you and all the women who came before you and after you who spoke out against intolerance and injustice and a fight for equality and freedom in this world. We no longer live in the blank white spaces at the edges of print. We no longer live in the gaps between the stories, but we are the story in print and we are writing the stories ourselves. Time's up, folks. Now, housekeeping. Big announcement. We're gearing up over on Instagram where most of my listeners hang out. So do me a big favor and go find Common Sense Pregnancy over there and show us some love, will you? Also, we could use a few more great reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the usual podcast platforms. If you have something nice to say about this podcast of ours, please say it over there, will you? It helps other people find us faster. And finally, go check out Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting over on the Parents on Demand Network. That's podnetwork.com. All right. So... Being as I've worked in the maternal health and parenting space for a good long time now, I have had quite a few kids myself, and I've had quite a few conversations with women over the years on these three topics. One, what the heck happened to my pelvic floor, which I also call the bladder leak issue. Two, my maternity leave is up. It's time for me to return to work. I have to make a living, but I want to stay with my baby. Childcare is unaffordable, aka the maternity leave scramble. Then three is this. When I go to my doctor's office, I get a lot of information about how to cure diseases, but not how to keep myself healthy. I know all the healthy stuff should be common sense, but frankly, it isn't. This is the medical help I really need. What should I do? Well, for a lot of us, the answer is to add a naturopath, a midwife, an acupuncturist, or Another healthcare specialist um, to your healthcare team, somebody whose focus is on helping your body to help itself. Now, for me, since I have a rather complicated medical history, 
Um, I have a few different healthcare providers, including a naturopath, an internal medicine doctor, a gynecologist. There's an oncologist out there if I need him, physical therapist, and an acupuncturist. And even with all my pesky health issues, I find that um, I get the most time, support, and information that's pertinent to my health at you know one of the alternative healthcare providers. When I need a traditional doctor for something specific, I do not hesitate to call them up and get the help I need. But most of the time, if it, you know there's nothing too serious happening, I consult with my naturopath and acupuncturist first. And most of the time, the advice they give is spot on and I heal up just fine. Sometimes what they tell me is, you need to go see a specialist and they hand me over to whatever medical doctor I need. Last year, for example, I screwed up my knee doing absolutely nothing, simply standing there in the doorway. And next thing I knew, horrid screaming pain in my knee, hurt like heck, swelled up like a balloon, and I was totally unable to get around. Now, I'm a nurse and a mom, and I've taken care of more than my fair share of sprains and broken bones and basic injuries. So I know rest, ice, compression, and elevation. I added in some ibuprofen and crossed my fingers. It'd be better in a couple of days. But when it wasn't, I made an appointment with my physical therapist and my naturopath, and they mapped out a course of treatment that included a just-in-case visit with an orthopedic surgeon. The surgeon really didn't have much to offer other than, you know, some extra x-rays and, you know, the advice that I probably needed surgery. Told me to give him a call if it didn't get better eventually. Frankly, I've had enough surgeries, and I decided that my naturopath path and physical therapist had a lot more specific and useful ideas for how to heal my knee. So I did what they told me to do. And guess what? It healed. That's happened to me time and time again. So if you can afford it or you have the resources to do it, I really recommend that you add an alternative healthcare professional to your team. They have a different perspective and they are really good at supporting you to heal your own body, you know, when it's possible. So speaking of which, I met a woman the other day at a networking event whose career and brand new life as a mom kind of covers all three of those topics. So she agreed to be my guest today to talk with us. Dr. Angela Potter is a naturopath who specializes in helping postpartum women. Before becoming a doctor, she was a nutritionist. She practices in Portland, Oregon, my hometown, and also has telemedicine appointments available for people who aren't in the Portland area. Let's get Dr. Potter on the line. Hi, Dr. Potter. Hi, Jeannie. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. You're in Portland, Oregon, so you know it's a cold, drizzly, kind of miserable morning out there. Yes, it is. But it's cozy. Yeah. I haven't hit cozy yet today. I've (laughs) already done a 5.30 airport run and a good long swim in the pool. So mostly today I've been cold, damp, and wet. (laughs) Yes. Right. Right. We need some warm drinks for you. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I had the chance to just, you know, read a clip of your bio before we got you on the phone. So my first question is, who are you and what do you do? 
Yeah, great. Um, well, I am Dr. Potter. I am a naturopathic doctor, and I specialize in working with postpartum women. Um, I see women in my private practice, and I also do holistic pelvic floor therapy as well. And, and I have one son. I'm a mother as well. Um, and he is 13 months now. Oh, that's a good, that's a good age. Is, yes, is yes, he fun. walking? He is. Yes. It's been about three weeks now. <laughs> and is he yeah. babbling and talking a little bit? Oh, yeah. Up a storm. I mean, he won't stop talking. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> that bodes well for the future. You guys will have a lot yes. to say to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So at this stage of your life with a 13-month-old and, uh, you know, health practice, you probably mm -hmm. don't have a lot of time for anything else, do you? Like puppies and knitting and, you know, all that stuff. Book club. Right. Right. Yes. No, I don't spend much time, um, <laughs> you know, doing yoga and uh, things like that. But, um, you know, it's really being a mother makes you very aware of the time that you do have and being very good at developing systems to get what you need to get done. Yeah. Um, but all, you know, and then also, even though you don't have a lot of time, I found like it's so important as mothers to really work harder to do things for self care. Um, you know, and to not work on, um, or to avoid falling into that, uh, feeling of just giving and giving and giving to the point where you don't have anything left um, right. for yourself. Right. Right. So it's hard, but so, so valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I did an episode recently with, um, Lisa Drexman, who is the mm -hmm. creator of fit for mom and stroller strides and, you know, um, mm -hmm. all of that. And she just, she just released a new book called The Empowered Mama, which is about that. It's about grabbing your time and making the most of it and, you know, figuring out what you want to do. I it's, love that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to check out her book. Yeah. Yeah. It just came out. Brand new one. Brand new one. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of good books out for mothers. Yeah. So some of our listeners don't know what a doctor of naturopathy is. I mm -hmm. use a naturopath as my primary care physician. Let's, awesome. let's explain what a naturopath is and how it is a little bit different from traditional medical doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. So naturopathic doctors in um, many states are licensed as primary care doctors. And we um, like here in Oregon. And so we have uh, prescribing rights. We can, you know, um, handle your pharmaceutical medications. And, um, but on the other side of it, we have this huge toolkit of other therapies to use that we usually use first and foremost. So um, we use herbal medicine, nutritional counseling, lifestyle changes. Um, we take a very holistic view, um, of the patients to see how we can bring the body back into balance to make you feel better rather than just, um, work on taking your symptom away. Yeah. It's really, it's a really, um, different perspective on, for me anyways, that when I see my naturopath, the focus is on figuring out where the problem started, if it's possible, 
And what can Mm -hmm. I do to make sure that my body heals itself? And Mm -hmm. most of the time, it works real well. And when it doesn't, then she says, okay, let's try this. And then let's try that. And what I love about it is that um, it is just as thorough as traditional medical care, but a little bit less invasive, Mm -hmm. which is great for me. Great for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you had a baby recently. And Mm -hmm. when you and I met, you told me that it changed your entire practice. How so? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've been in health and wellness for about 10 years. I started out nutrition and then moved into medicine. Um, and I've always been interested in women's health and really focusing on uh, fertility through postpartum and um, a lot of hormone balance in general for women. And, you know, through studying the postpartum time, when you're reading textbooks about it, um, it feels like there's this spectrum and women fall on either side of the spectrum. Either they have this great recovery and they feel wonderful or the other side they have uh, postpartum depression and you know are struggling with that um, so that's that was what my idea was about postpartum before I had my baby and then I went through it myself and I realized wow like there is so much more to it I mean having a baby is one of the most significant events in a woman's life And it changes you uh, physically, spiritually, and mentally. And as a culture, we don't really um, honor that transition for a mother. And um, I just really saw that talking to other friends and experiencing how much my, my whole life changed. And I was, you know, trying to navigate that period Um, and you know, my son's only 13 months old, so I'm still working on that, but, um, it's been really profound to see how much that time affects us as women. Um, so, you know, I've transitioned into supporting postpartum women because I realized that, you know, yes, absolutely. Postpartum depression is a big issue. Um, and I work a lot with women around that, but then there's so many other things going on with our bodies as well that often is looked upon as normal, um, or, oh, sure. You just had a baby. So of course you have urinary incontinence or of course you're exhausted, which yes, you know, we need to, um, create space to allow women to heal and say, yes, you know, like you are going through a difficult time, but that doesn't mean that there aren't treatments out there for these things. And, um, so I work with women just really healing them after childbirth, whatever way that looks like for them. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's, it's strange how we treat postpartum women. You know, we give them a lot of medical attention during the pregnancy itself, which is great. You know, that's wonderful. And then they get a whole, whole, whole lot of medical attention during the birth. And then we shoo them and their babies out the door and say, okay, bye-bye. See you in six to eight weeks, you know? And women who are breastfeeding 
and, um, you know, need lactation support, they get a little extra medical care afterwards, but most women don't. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're told, look for this, look for that. And they're all physical symptoms that, you know, do happen sometimes. And usually medical practices are pretty responsive if a woman you know, calls up and says, hey, I've got a fever. Hey, I'm bleeding too much. Hey, I've got horrible pain. Hey, I feel awful. Um, They're responsive. But there's, for many women, just this kind of low-grade unwellness that is chalked up to fatigue. It's chalked up to hormones. It's chalked up to getting used to the new role. And it's not given very much attention or credit and I think that it's, you know, probably sort of a normal thing. I know that when I had my baby, the first baby, I was pretty freaked out. You know, I was, I was exhausted to the point of, of, um, it was a little bit scary there, mm-hmm. but where was the support? You know, I was really fortunate. I had sisters, I had sisters to help me out and, um, they knew what was going on and that we would all get through this. Um, many women don't, many don't. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And we're seeing a little bit of a resurgence of um, practitioners and healers who are noticing that and, you know, want to start helping women find that support. Um, but it's still quite few and far between. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And there's so much help that's needed. Yeah. So you're particularly interested not only just in postpartum care, but in nutrition, thyroid testing, and pelvic floor therapy. I want to know Mm -hmm. why those issues, and I want to kind of break them down a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about, you know, you're particularly interested in postpartum care. Nutrition. Mm -hmm. Nutrition is sort of the underrated magic miracle of medicine. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So during pregnancy, there are thousands of resources of what the perfect pregnancy diet looks like and the importance of good nutrition for pregnancy, which is awesome, right? There's lots of research about eating a good diet during pregnancy for the health of you and your baby. Um, But then- There are also a lot of rules and regulations that women are told to adhere to about what they can and can't eat, which can be a real nuisance. Mm -hmm. And for some women, kind of confounding, you know, like, dang, that's what I ate. Right. You know, now I can't eat lunch meats and cheeses and, you know, I I ate sushi every day, you know, those kinds of things. Uh It's, it can be a time where for some women, their natural food groups are kind of uh, diminished Mm -hmm. and they can go into their doctor and um, not every doctor is going to say, hey, let's sit down and design a food plan. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Might get that with a naturopath. (laughs) <laughs> yes, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yes. And, you know, that that can lead to some issues, some eating disorder issues, quite frankly, um, mm-hmm. because that's an underlying feeling of fear that you're doing something wrong, um, and yeah. which leads to the postpartum nutrition time when uh, – Again, as a culture, we are so focused on thin and getting back to your pre-body that oftentimes women will 
focus on, you know, keeping calories low and eating a more restrictive diet to get back to that perfect body um, or that. And if they're breastfeeding at the same time, Mm -hmm. they're really depleting their resources. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so I work with women a lot on nutrition because it's simple, right? Simple in the sense that you are eating every day. So we can make some shifts in your diet to make a big impact on a daily basis. Um, and it's really about focusing on nourishment and nutrients more than it is about calories. Mm -hmm. Um, because yes, like when you're breastfeeding, and even if you're not breastfeeding, your body is recuperating and you're, you're still in this state of giving um, as far as, you know, depleting your nutrients. And you really need to make sure that you're giving your body back important nourishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can, do you have – so I know that this is too complicated to do in a short podcast, but mm-hmm. what would you say is your best, you know, postpartum nutrition tip for women? Mm-hmm. Um, I have two. One okay. is to <laughs> focus on eating warming foods. And eating so eating like soups and stews and foods that uh, are just warm rather than eating foods that are out of the refrigerator or the freezer, cold foods. Um, those, well, eating cold foods just zaps your energy. Your body has to work a lot harder to metabolize those foods and get the nutrients from it. Um, mm-hmm. because warmth equals, uh, like our metabolism is like a fire in our body, right? So the cold mm-hmm. foods, um, require more energy to be broken down. And that's a little bit more looking at like, um, a Chinese medicine viewpoint, mm-hmm. um, more than it is looking at a like very, um, scientific look at how nutrients are um, broken down, if that makes sense. Um, and then second is to eat healthy fats. That is so important for a mother's brain and sanity (laughs) Um, and as well as for just general recuperation of the body. And because a lot of times women are focused on getting back to their pre-body weight or their, excuse me, their pre-baby weight, Uh um, fats can be neglected, but um, they are incredibly important. So, you know, good quality butter coconut oil, uh, avocado, nuts and seeds, things like that can, um, can be very beneficial to the postpartum woman. Yeah. So let's talk about thyroid testing. Mm-hmm. How come you're so interested in that? Yeah. So thyroid, <clears throat> the um, most common time that women can develop low-functioning thyroid or hypothyroidism is during pregnancy or the postpartum time because, you know, our hormones are going through such a big shift. And the most common symptoms of hypothyroidism are going to be fatigue, mood swings, inability to lose weight, right, which are Mm -hmm. things that a postpartum woman is already experiencing, 
Yeah. Um, That's like every day. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, you know, it's not that every woman who's just had a baby has a thyroid issue, but it's that we want to make sure that thyroid isn't exacerbating those symptoms. Right. And it's a, it's such an easy test. It's just a blood test um, to look at that. And then on top of that. And it's an easy fix too. You know, it's thyroid supplementation is pretty, we know how to do that now. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And there's different types of thyroid available. So some women may say, well, I tried that a few years ago and I didn't feel good on it. Well, you know, there's different, excuse me, types of thyroid available now. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, go ahead. Interestingly, the most common cause of hypothyroidism or low functioning thyroid is Hashimoto's. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with Hashimoto's, it's an autoimmune condition of the thyroid. So that means that it's treated in a totally different way than just um, primary hypothyroidism is. So it's really important for women to find a doctor or an endocrinologist who understands that and will do that little bit extra testing because some primary care doctors don't do that um, next step of testing. Yeah. Um, Angela, I'm going to just do Mm -hmm. a sidebar here. We're at minute 18, 14. Could I get you to just lift the microphone part of your earbuds off your shirt? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. There, is that better? Okay, eighteen twenty four. We're back in. Um, okay, so pelvic floor therapy. I cannot tell you how many women email me about this, and I actually have talked about pelvic floor therapy a little bit in the past. But um, let's talk about it some more. It's routine, routine in many European countries. Mm-hmm. Yes, and. Um... Not many women in the United States know what it is, which is really unfortunate because, well, you know, if you've had a vaginal birth, you know that those muscles have gone through incredible work. And, um, but even if you've had a C-section, you may have gone through the pushing stage of labor or, you know, just going through pregnancy, those pelvic floor muscles are actually doing a lot of work to hold up the baby in the abdomen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so say if someone has just run a marathon, they're most likely going to go see maybe a physical therapist, but uh, probably a massage therapist. Um, they'll go soak in a tub or do things because they know that those, that's going to help those muscles. Um, and so we need to think of that more um, in this postpartum period with pelvic floor therapy because it is so important to not only help symptoms that the woman might be experiencing at that moment, like pelvic pain, pain with intercourse, urinary incontinence, those sorts of things, but it's also going to set you up for a great second birth if you choose to have another baby, um, and also to prevent things that could happen with the muscles like urinary incontinence, say, 20 years from when you had your baby. So um, it's really important. So let's talk a little bit about what it is, what pelvic floor therapy looks like. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's basically a physical therapy technique for the vaginal muscles. And um, it's, it's very gentle. Are you gentle. talking about Kegels? Well, we Are talk you- about Kegels during the therapy. But um, it's more the practitioner will evaluate those muscles for any tender spots or um, and will evaluate whether or not doing a Kegel um, – oh, well, let me explain it this way – well, the practitioner will evaluate whether or not the muscles are either too tight or too loose. Um, Kegels are a whole other topic, right? Um, they're in regular mainstream media. They're seen as like the great treatment for mm-hmm. post-birth and urinary incontinence incontinence and things like that. But -hmm. what we're finding as, you know, people who do pelvic floor therapy, we know that you have to be evaluated first to know whether or not a Kegel is going to help you. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Kegels are going to tone those muscles. And if your muscles are already too tight, which surprisingly can happen even after birth, um, Mm -hmm. then Kegels are only going to exacerbate the issue. So getting evaluated is, you know, I I recommend women at least go in for one appointment of an evaluation. And usually... At what what point? You know, like two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks? Six weeks is the earliest. Usually you want um, your vaginal bleeding to be mostly resolved before you go in for pelvic floor therapy. Um, And always, you know, ask your... OB, whether or not it's a good time to go in. Um, mm-hmm. Because sometimes if you have stitches, you might want to wait a little bit longer. Um, sure. There might be some things that would make you wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and for many women, just one to three sessions can provide a lot of relief. Hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of a miracle. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in physical therapy. And um, it's a similar concept, teaching your body how to heal itself. Mm -hmm. Give it a little support, pay some close attention, do the right things. And most of the time, your body's going to know what to do. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm particularly concerned about women who don't have, you know, sort of the city resources that we have to be able to choose a naturopath or a pelvic floor therapist versus a traditional doctor. So Mm -hmm. if you know, this this podcast is going to go out to women all over the world. What should they do if they don't have access? Yes, that's a great question. Um, well, I would say, um, you know, really tap into that reminder that your body will heal and given time like your body does have that amazing ability to heal mm-hmm. and, um, you know, reach out to uh, the resources that you do have or, you know, work on finding them. I am more than happy to provide women resources if you have any questions um, and to just be reading books and 
find out what is available in your area, you might be surprised that things are there that you weren't sure of before. And be persistent. That's the thing. You know, if if they had a midwife or an obstetrician at their birth, then that doctor is still available to them, at least for a period of time afterwards. And so if you're finding that, you know, you're six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, a year out, and your vagina still hurts, then you need to be getting more health care. And so you go to whoever you've got, whoever you mm-hmm. have access to, and you say, this is the problem. I need help. Now, your doctor might say, oh, yeah, that's pretty common about this stage. Yep. A lot of women feel that way. Nope. That's not the answer. That's just saying how big this problem is, how pervasive it is. Keep asking. So who do we see? Who do I talk to? How do I get help? Where do Mm -hmm. I go? Don't settle for, yep, yep, hurts, doesn't it? Because that's not the right answer. Keep asking the question. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's so important. Yeah. Women get dismissed pretty darn fast, especially for pain. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is just so crazy after birth because we've gone through one of the most significant physical events of our life. But we're not um, structured to do anything for new moms except for the, you know, two weeks if you've had a C-section, six weeks if you've had a vaginal birth, maybe a few lactation consultation appointments. We're just not set up that way with the traditional medical system. Many Mm -hmm. midwives, um, you know, do a little bit closer follow-up. But the issue comes down to insurance payment. You know, this is what the insurance companies will pay for. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, I'm always talking on this podcast about how sometimes women have to build their own web, especially during, or their own safety net, especially during the postpartum period, because mm-hmm. our medical structure isn't set up to take care of postpartum women very well. And until we are at the point where that does happen, then they need to be turning to a naturopath, a midwife, their sisters, their friends, women that know what's going on and they need to be persistent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Help. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's great to get those resources together when you're still pregnant. Yeah. I work with pregnant women to do that because, you know, we don't talk about the postpartum time very often during pregnancy. And then women get into that and realize, oh, wow, like I just, I don't know where to even begin to look for these resources. It's so So overwhelming. It can be, yes. Um, So if you're pregnant, just start looking for who is in your general area. Um, Yeah, your family and friends, books that you can be reading that are Mm -hmm. focused on the postpartum healing. And a lot of practitioners, I believe yourself included, uh, do like, uh, Skype conferencing or Google mm-hmm. chat conferencing. So, you know, yes. there's a lot out there. There's a lot that people can, you know, you can even, uh, many insurance companies and in many states, I think you can just, if you need a physical therapist, you can self-refer you. So you can, if you've got a major medical center in your area um, mm-hmm. or a physical therapy center in your area, you can call them up yourself and say, Hey, I've got some issues. Who do you recommend? And they mm-hmm. might say, hey, you know what? We just, we're into that too. We'll take care of you. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's, let's shift gears just a little bit for the, for the rest of our time together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always curious how families are working out, 
you know, the the daycare and the parenting duty challenges, especially mm-hmm. you know, when, when it's your first. How do you how are you guys working it out? Yeah, that's been um, an interesting journey for us. And for me, it's been hard because um, I really wasn't ready to leave my baby for, you know, five days a week right away, um, which unfortunately some women need to in order to work. And um, I have some flexibility with my schedule. So we were able to work it out to have a part-time nanny come twice a week. Mm-hmm. And um, so she's here when I see patients. And then thankfully, my little guy, he's a good napper. And so I can get a lot of work done when he's napping. Oh, thank God for nap time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard one. It's a hard one, Dr. Potter, when the naps go away. You got, a, you got another year. You got another year. <laughs> and then we'll talk again at that point and I'll say, so how are you working out the daycare issue in your family? Yes. You'll have to say, hell, I don't know. It's a scramble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother episode for a podcast. Huh? Oh my God. I don't know. I like to talk about it because I, I, I don't know, maybe I was just ill-informed or maybe I was flat out delusional, but I always felt like all the other moms had it nailed, you know? They mm-hmm. they would say, oh, well, when you go back to work, what are you going to do? And they knew. <laughs> and they seemed so confident. They had, you know, I had some vague ideas. I was crossing my fingers and hoping for the best. I was working things out best I could. I was scrambling mm-hmm. with family and friends, you know? It was... um a mess is what it was. And and over the years, the more I talk to women, most women are a mess. Most families are, you know, piecing it together where, you know, okay, my partner's going to do Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm going to do Mondays and Wednesdays. My mom's going to come Friday morning. My dad's going to come by after work. We're going to, we're never going to clean the house again. You know, it's just, (laughs) it's patchwork. Yes. Yeah. I I got to wonder, you know, what would our lives be like if we had a reasonable postpartum um, and family leave period where we just didn't have to worry about it? We could stay home. It was taken care of. We could afford it. You know, we just didn't have that stress. And then, however, when we wanted to go back to work a year or two years, whatever it is we wanted to do, what if we had really high quality, really affordable, super fun daycare that everybody could afford? And we could just go to work and it wouldn't be a horrendous scrambling mess all the time. What would right. our lives be like if we didn't have to carry that burden? If we didn't I think have it would to, change the world. It would change everything. Mm-hmm. And what would it do for the economy if we had, you know, both parents fully capable of contributing all that they've got, you know, to their lives, to their their finances, to their family, to all of it, without worrying so much about the darn daycare. Mm -hmm. It's a lot to think about. It is. Yeah. Yes. Let's, let's all work on moving towards that. Yeah. It's a paradigm shift and I'm not going to say that it's going to happen in this administration. Um, Mm -hmm. But who knows, maybe we're in the middle of a really much needed revolution as far as that's concerned. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
The families that I've seen. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Um, Just, you know, the families that I've seen that have had uh, reasonable care or leave time from work and then also who have either their parent or somebody coming to the house regularly Mm -hmm. in those early days or weeks or months um, have been the ones that really do the best as far as, I mean, we're all doing our best, but you know, those women don't have the postpartum depression and they feel very grounded and capable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having that care and that leave time would just, it would impact our lives and world like in multiple areas. Yeah. Yeah. It really would. Um, I work you know, during my day job with CARE, the Global Humanitarian Organization. And mm-hmm. we're talking all the time about, you know, what women's lives could be like if they weren't dealing with, you know, gender-based violence and gender inequity and deep uh, poverty and all of these issues. And we're always talking about them in terms of what life would be like, what, you know, if if poverty was eradicated and, you know, gender equality was established and we didn't have all of these issues in the world, what would it be like for women over there? And we're all acclimated to thinking that way. Oh, their lives are, you know, over there. No, it's the same issues here. It's just a matter of extremes. And mm-hmm. you know, we we need to be having a global conversation about the issues that women and families face. They're not side issues. Because every human being in the world either is a mama, has a mama, or knows a mama. All of us. It's the one unifying factor. Mm -hmm. How come we're not doing it better? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Trying to help my little piece of the pie. Me too. Me too. Yes. So for me, the hardest part about being a, you know, brand new mom, and you're only a year in, so you're brand new. Mm -hmm. For me, the hardest part was um, boredom and loneliness. What's the hardest part for you? That is a great question. I would say kind of on the opposite of boredom, just feeling like there is always so much to do. Um, and it never really gets done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, just, it's like I'm moving constantly during the day and always doing dishes and cooking and, um, picking up things and, and, and working, you know, it just, Mm -hmm. the list never ends. And it's like life just moves so quickly. Mm -hmm. There isn't a lot of time just to sit down and, and relax. Yeah. 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 Well, what do you like the best? Oh my gosh. I just love seeing my son laugh and like find this joy in all these little things. Um, you know, like a walk to the park is all of a sudden very magical, mm-hmm. right? Where that same walk before I wouldn't think much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, they just babies have just this magical way of looking at the world that yeah. reminds you to just take a breath and mm-hmm. and just have fun. Yeah, yeah. 
A walk to the park with a baby or a toddler is when you really actually see all the good stuff. Like, it really is kind of fabulous that there is a flower growing out of the middle of the sidewalk. You know, (laughs) you probably walked by it yesterday when you weren't with the baby, but you didn't see it. Now that you look at it, you go, how the heck did that dandelion get through the darn sidewalk? (laughs) (laughs) Or, Or, you know, you're walking down the street and all of a sudden it starts sprinkling. We're in Oregon, so that's like all the time. And we don't notice it. But when you're with a toddler or a baby, they stop. (laughs) Yeah. And they feel the raindrops. (laughs) And you go, Oh, huh. Yeah, I do feel. Yep. There's one on my hand. Oh, there's one on my nose. Yep. (laughs) You know, and it's kind of (laughs) cool. Yes, they are so in the moment. Uh huh. It's yeah. a great reminder for us adults. Yeah, because then when we get in the moment with them, it's the super fun part of the day. You yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you forget that there's all this other stuff that needs to be done. And none of that other stuff is anywhere near as cool. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we only have a little bit of time left together. So I've got to ask you my last two questions. Okay. And – This one is a fill in the blank. How would you fill in the blank? Nobody ever told me that. Ooh, about having a baby. Anything you want. Okay. See, nobody ever told me that. That having a baby would be the hardest and most joyful moment rolled into one. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good answer. All right. Where are you in your life as a mom? Another great question. I am in a place where I am starting to get some things figured out. (laughs) Always knowing that at the same time, things are going to shift and we just have to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. And that did take me a while to figure out and to be okay with. Yeah. But we're there. Good. Yeah. That's the secret. Flexibility. (laughs) Go with the flow. The less Mm -hmm. you control, the better you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Dr. Potter, this has been a fun conversation. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you'll come back on the pod someday. Yes. Thank you, Jeannie. This has been wonderful talking with you. Well, good. We'll talk again soon. Okay, great. Bye-bye. Bye. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. Mama said. Mama said. Mama said. Our guest today was Dr. Angela Potter, MD. You can find her over at drangelapotter.com. You can find me at genefaulkner.com. Email me, tweet me, find me on Instagram at Common Sense Pregnancy. Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting is produced by Alex Ward at Sounds Like Pictures Studios. Go pick up a copy of the book, Common Sense Pregnancy, and let's talk again next week. Bye, everybody.